Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. Our guest today is the host of All Things Considered, Amelia Cullen. Welcome to the show. Hello, guys. I'm very excited to be here. Sorry that I pitched this book. <laughs> we might all be looking, we might all be lying in the gutter, but we're all looking at the flowers <laughs> in the attic. <laughs> so. This is going to be a weird episode for a number of reasons. One, it's the start of spooky season. Yeah. Two, we've picked an absolutely demented topic. Demented is the word. And yes. three, it's our first episode all back in the studio since literally last September. Yeah, I just had so. to physically peel myself off of Alan Maguire. I was just like, <laughs> I've talked to you every week of this whole horrendous pandemic and now you're in real life. Uh, we had one brief moment in the studio the last time we we're all together was regular listeners might remember our cmat episode mm. um that was the last time we were all here and i think that might have been in, you you were already working at tall tales by then weren't you amelia were you here mm. i hadn't met you yet virgil like it was a very different time or something mm. it, it felt like a it feels like a long time ago so we are at the beginning of something that we've been looking forward to for a long time which yes. is all being in the same room um, and now we're all going to talk about something. We're going to do our darkest episode ever. Yeah, we're just going. We're just going straight, straight down to hell. Amelia, tell us what. Uh, flowers in the attic is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so flowers in the attic is um, what's called a gothic novel, yeah. and it's got the gothic. Uh, it is the enchanting story of uh, a young, beautiful blonde family uh, who lose their father tragically early in the book, and their mother writes letters to their grandparents and. And the children are locked in the attic, and that's pretty much doesn't go up from there. It is the biggest whiplash from idyllic, soft, expensive opening world to now you live in an attic. Like they fully, uh, the the snap from light world to dark world is extremely sharp. It happens even before that though, because it's all idyllic and like how they like, meet up with their father every Friday and he gives them hugs and kisses and presents. Oh. And then a police woman turns up the door and is like, your father's car went across three lanes and then it turned over twice and then another time and then it went on fire. And then we think he tried to crawl out but then it got hit by another car. So and then he, he burned some more. Instantly. We think he died instantly. Mm. And also here's a lot of stuff we found across the road that's probably his. Here's Bye. Like some <laughs> toys that he bought you immediately before he died. Yeah. Um, I was like, this is so vivid. Why is she writing this so vividly? Vivid. Yeah. Because yeah. the sentence keeps going. You're like... <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like you're being punched in the face mm-hmm. and the punches keep rolling and then like put instant death. And you're like, then, <laughs> then why, did you, <laughs> why did you bring us all this way, officer? <laughs> so it's like, I was like, oh, there's kids here. Oh, wow. Okay. Never. Oh, he how, died instantly, kids. Yeah. How they, their family life is so idyllic, but it also is so, it feels so, it felt so unreal to me. Mm. Like, you know, come greet me with kisses and like. They all really like each other. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> the, the, okay, they've all, all their names begin with C. Right, mm-hmm. and we yeah. gotta get them mixed up. Water. So there's the dad is Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mum is Corinne. 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 Yeah. And uh, then Kathy and Chris Jr. And then Corey and Carrie. The terrifying little twins. Yeah. The terrifying. Twins. I could not place when this was set for a very long time. Yeah. Because it felt like the, the, the first part feels like twenties, thirties kind of, mm. and then they're later on they're watching television and know what television it, is. It's supposed to be the fifties, I think, because yeah, she yeah. was supposed to be born nineteen forty-five. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's a very American fifties then. It's a very modern fifties because every yeah. fucking fifties in the Ireland was in the Ireland fifties in Ireland was not that. Okay. Um, I vivid is the word that I'm kind of stuck on now. 
And I can only imagine when you're reading this as a young... What age were you when you read this? So I came across this book, um, I was telling Alan before we started recording, I was on holidays in Portugal and had read a lovely story of two sisters uh, living in London and the second book had a name similar along the lines of Flowers in the Attic. And I said to my aunt, will you bring me over this book? She went into all the bookshops and couldn't find it. Then went into my granny's kind of study room, which has like books throughout the decades, just a random collection found this, hopped on the plane, came over, handed this to 12-year-old me, like, wow. just the end of sixth class. Wow. And then my mind was corrupted. But I, so much <laughs> of it went over my head. So much of it went over Probably my head. Probably not enough that went over your head. Yeah. I think, like, <laughs> the worst shit got inside. The worst yeah. shit got inside. Even, into. like, the half-uncles. So, for the listener, mm-hmm. when they get to the grandparents, absolutely sinfully wealthy manner, the mum lets the kids know that actually the granny hates them and that she has to, she's been written out of her father's will. Her two brothers are dead. Uh, everyone, in accidents. Because everyone just dies. In accidents. In, in accidents that are later described, yeah. but like, it's essentially irrelevant. Uh, and that in order for her to win back the grandfather's affections, the children will have to be uh, locked in a room that leads to the attic. And then when she has convinced him to love her again, They'll live their happy she rich lives. She will trap them down the stairs. And I think, <laughs> but over the course of the book, essentially that doesn't happen. He's dying. Days turn to weeks, turn to years. She eventually remarries. She's a terrible woman. <sighs> She's a garbage person. <laughs> but, but she did fall in love once. She did fall in love once. And you find out that she fell in love with her father's dramatically younger half-brother. And it was love at first sight. And he was 14 and she was 17. And then they ran away together to be married and had their three perfect children. Yeah. And then, man, I mean, she does tell you, like, Kareen is a charismatic anti-hero, is what I'm going to call her, up to a point. You can tell by the kind of people that get to play her, which is like a Heather Graham type. Yeah. yeah. You can see why she gets away and floats through life, kind of. And also, the narrative voice yeah. is just like, my mom is so beautiful. <laughs> my mom is physically perfect. She has perfect skin and even more perfect breasts. Oh my God, my mother's perfect breasts. <laughs> yeah. My mother's perfect breasts. Like the whole, like, mm-hmm. it's it's almost staggering um, how she's, like, uh, beatified, is that the word? Where mm. through that, through, And then her fall from grace is even more devastating, you know? And she's just someone who walks through life and doors open because even at the start of the book when they're getting ready for the birthday party for the father, like, Kathy's taking care of the twins. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. she's like, oh, I'm, you know, flouting around doing whatever. I've got my hair and nails done. At a certain point, she even's like, I'm not a self-starter. Yeah, like, that's exactly what she says. And I'm just like, Kareen, you know, me neither, but I try. Yeah, know? and then she has this whole ruse to the children that she tells them that she's gone to secretor- secretarial school. Oh, and man. And, like, she's not. She's, co- she's cavorting not. around the place, wearing fancy clothes, convincing some poor man named Bart to fall in love with her. And Kathy is so real early. She's like, how's the typing going yeah. on, Mom? How's the typing? And she's just like, oh, it's just, I'm not very... I'll, be, I'll get there, you know? And Chris, uh, the, the little Chris... Um, it's just like leave my beautiful sexy mother alone <laughs> stop interrogating her about her secretarial skills it's very um, it's very intense you know yeah. uh, there is never a point in this novel in which nothing is happening for a book about a bunch of people hanging out in an attic for I know and they and the, I, I forgot like the level of like cleaning the attic and then it's called flowers in the attic because they paint beautiful scenes and turn it into their only garden 
But like... But when the attic is... When we first kind of get introduced to the attic... So I was brought up by my grandmother for the first kind... I was minded, like, I woke up there in the morning, fell asleep there. My mom and dad would work full time, so they dropped me off and, and at, in the morning and picked me up a night after I fell asleep. I, my grandmother's house, in my mind and to this day, is still, like, the best place on earth. And she had an attic, right? And the attic had this mad crawl space in the back of it where she kept all of her panto costumes. And I would be like, please let me into the weird hole in the attic. And she'd be like, Sarah, you're not going in there. It's gross. And... I, in my, in my mind's eye as I was reading this, I could see how gross and terrible addicts actually do get. And how when you're a child, it doesn't matter that there is dust and spiders everywhere. It matters that you can see, like in the case of the yeah. kids, it's like, oh, well, I suppose there's a rocking horse and there are dress forms and there are all these objects and they can see past the atticness of it and they can turn it into a, and I, I related very heavily to that, that feeling of like, I will find something in this. The dirt doesn't matter to me. Now, uh, Kathy is like, bugs are terrible. This is gross. But it's, um, it felt very real. Yeah, it felt very like we're going to, like, they're very good at making the best of a but poor situation. Yeah. And like, like when the grandmother cuts off the food and then he's, he's dracula the children and like, oh yeah, I know what to do. Suck my blood. And I was like, I don't even know if there is nutritional value in blood. No, there's lots of kids books that are mad into that. Like the, that under the Hawthorne tree. I was gonna say it's a big under the Hawthorne tree. Yeah, yeah. Under the Hawthorne tree energy. Is it really a traumatizing children's novel? <laughs> if somebody doesn't open a vein to somebody yeah. else's mouth, <laughs> you know. And the detail, like, and then he's like slicing up the mice, and I'm like, is this level of like we've just gone off to the left, and you've really gone in on this instead of like talking about the hunger? You're like, you know what? We're gonna have some raw mice, yeah. and then that's the moment when they're like, oh, the food's back. So gross. Like the, the co- I think there should, if, if it wasn't so absurd, it would be sad. Yeah. Right? I'm sorry, I thought it was a real story as well. Yeah, it kind of has that air. <laughs> Look, it opens in, up. In the prologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes it seem like this is someone going back. Now, obviously, as soon as you really start to read it again, it is clearly a work of fiction and a novel. But like, when I, my little brain didn't comprehend that. I was like, people are insane. Yeah. Really lo- lent me into the true crime life because I, I was like, yeah, 100% people could do this. They definitely do. Also. And, and they, they do. Definitely do. It's not that thing of like when reading Matilda super young and it's like, and she wrote this book. <gasps> you know, like it has that little world bending edge to it. But like Kathy as a, as a narrator, even though she is verbose and gothic and like surreal and strange. She also, she's also very emotional. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Her anger feels very real. No, and I feel like especially the way that like she kind of like is the first to you know, clock, something is awry, a mess here. And then just like slowly trying to bring Christopher on side. And he is so, for somebody who is characterized as like, so smart. Christopher knows so many big words. Um, it's a bit slow. That he's, he's not, he's, he's sort of dreaming through it, do you know? Really dreaming through it because it's when they go for the swim to the lake mm. and then it's like, why don't we, escape and then later on when they're like spoiler alert falling in love with each other <laughs> and again and he she's trying to get him to leave and he's like no but I need to go to medical school and it's like I don't know if staying in the attic is, is, the, is, the, yeah, yeah. is the most direct route yeah yeah like even early on he's like it's fine I'm gonna meet lots of girls and da 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 and she's just like <laughs> okay <laughs> and I'm gonna be a fucking ballerina Chris that's what's gonna happen like she knows like the one of the really lovely lines like what what's so amazing about this book is that it has 
like it has a lot of kind of really beautiful poetry to it like the writing is really fucking good like at one point she's she's talking about how smart Chris is yeah and she's just like and that was his talent my talent <laughs> was staining everything with misery or something like that and that's a brilliant characterization because Cathy is kind of a like she didn't <laughs> bus you know and like, she loves a tantrum yeah like she's she she admits early on that she's just like she can see the bad in everything you know and that only kind of well maybe it is it helps her in the long run but she characterizes herself as that early on and it kind of sets her up diametrically to chris do you know like yeah. the way you can see the way the tension is <laughs> before the other tension starts <laughs> the way the tension is built you know um yeah they're a great little unit up there the four of them <laughs> to be fair you know and the description. Sometimes I do think the description and like the thought process is so not that of like a thirteen-year-old no. girl, no. and you're like, oh, that's a bit unbelievable. Mm-mm. And also, there's yeah, there's so many elements of the story that you're like, there's no need to do this. Like with the, all the sneaking up and down and like the kissing the stepfather. It's like, but why? Why? Yeah, yeah. But like that's part of the power of the gothic, isn't it? Like, yeah. ca- Like why? Because it feels bad and wrong. That's why. That's why we're. That's why the whole book exists. Do you know what I mean? How can I make a situation where everything feels bad and wrong? Yeah. And especially when you look at when you just read the, the like the plot summaries of the sequels. I, I don't think I actually read them. It's just these people who are compelled to repeat bad behavior over and over, over again throughout their lives. Like I don't think they have a choice in it really. There's huh? some kind of money curse. I guess it's like well, billionaire disease. Billionaire yeah. disease. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could be the incest. It could, it be, could the be the incest. incest. It's oh, probably a lot of it's probably the incest. You know, yeah. yeah. Was, but it is also rich people just because like rich people problems because they're making their own problems. They know mm-hmm. how to stay rich and they know how to stay mad. Do you yeah. Know? yeah. Like I mean and the grandparents just these two billionaire lunatics. Mm-hmm. The grandmother is like she's fucking genuinely scary. Like she's really scary because it's just heartless. Yeah, yeah. She's, her physicality is really scary like and uh, there's something that they say about the fabric of her dresses that like she buys it like by the by the ream or something it's all this grey yeah. hardened like mm. uniform like fabric and she um, again also like every single female body in this text measured by the size of her breasts 100% like she's these terrifying enormous breasts and uh, like I think and huge hair huge hair which turns out to be like a wig face, like an eagle yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know she, the description reminded me of mom from Futurama yeah yeah it's definitely based on Fresniatic grandmother like hyper feminine but also terrifying so severe so very severe. Yeah. very like matronly matronly mm. yeah yeah and uh, yeah she's I would have been spooked by that if we're like did it scare you when you were a kid like did it kind of freak you like or was it that feeling of like I shouldn't be reading this oh no or was it like I'm gonna get sick ah this is gonna live within me forever no I feel like it was just like fascination yeah mm. yeah it was like a real like like I I was a really fast reader as a kid my mum used to not believe that I could read as fast as I could and she'd mm. pick up books and like quiz you on a line I long for those days I miss um, those days so much but yeah, I think I just was like rushing through it. And I think that's why then some of the smaller details like skipped me. And I feel like even like that like pivotal scene where like Kathy oh, and Chris yeah, become yeah. one, mm-hmm. like it didn't fully go into my head what was happening. And as you said, and then you read the, the Wikipedia pages of the follow up and like, they're living as husband and wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just stay, they're like, peace. Like, we live, that's who we are now. Like, 
We're delighted. We're so beautiful and flaxen haired. <laughs> and it gets more, I think it's it from the sounds of them, it gets more like ludicrous. Like in one of them, like the grandmother, the mother, who's now the grandmother to Kathy and kid, Chris's adopted kids, like sneaks beside them and tries to corrupt the children, oh like their God. children with like stories. Because also one of them is like, she like, Kathy becomes bent on revenge and sleeps with her stepfather. Like, you love to see it. Do you know? <laughs> like it goes from like gothic heart to like gothic soap opera. Yeah, like, but that that space yeah, yeah. is that space of camp and fear is super interesting, mm. right? Of like this is absurd, like but also I'm really upset by it mm. and therefore cannot look away. And uh, I I do I would describe it as camp. Like I do think it's so. Oh, much yeah. That it can't, like, you couldn't. I, I went looking for an audiobook of it um, and couldn't find one. Probably a good thing that I couldn't find one. But, like, you couldn't read it out loud. No. You know? mm. If you read it out, like, I don't know if you could keep keep it together reading it out loud. And I think you know? it's, so, it's so calm because everything is so vivid and there's so much description that there is no, like, time to settle to get into, like, the horror of the story because every time something mm. bad happens and, like, within a beat, yeah. then there's something else happening. So you, nothing has time to, like, sit with Sink. you and resonate. You're just like, okay, of course, and then, you know, no more food or... Oh, you okay, wake up at sex. Oh, <laughs> your hair's in tar. Yeah, fine, done. Like, and there's so m- many good just juxtapositions, like when they're having the party on New Year's Eve and they're, like, hidden in a trunk and then they're looking at it all this, like opulence and then they're like dropping back up to the attic and you're like really and truly in a house that size the way that they have it orchestrated with the way the servants clean and the movements and the rhythm of the house like i love haunted houses and this is like this fucking top five haunted house man and we only really see kind of a corner of it do you know and that is the the contrast between how tiny the room they sleep in is and this sort of endless terrifying attic full of weird shit it's the stuff that's interesting isn't it yeah. like how many objects there are and like the sorry I totally, I was like totally lost in thought thinking about how fucking how gross it is up there but uh, the fact that there is opulence just over there and it's not for them because they shouldn't exist like that's the real horror of it Do you know yeah. what I mean it's the withholding and the mother becomes sort of a is immediately a symbol of this, right? Jesus, she's a brilliant villain. Like, she's awful, you know? Like, uh, there's a point where she comes in and she uh, is, like, wearing a bunch of extra jewellery. Mm. And, like, Kathy's just getting angrier and angrier at her. Do you know? And she's like, what the fuck are you? Why, why, where is this from? What is this? And she's just like, you should paint some animals! You know, like, it's... um, The push and pull is really... Really good, yeah. you know. It's like hello, my pet children. Yeah, hello. Mm. Coming to coming into the terrarium to visit my infants. How are things? How are the twins? The twins are actually the saddest bit. I no, think. the twins are the saddest bit because yeah. they just they're children. They're actually little children. And they in the end they're both dead. Like and oh. when Corey like and they it's not like they just neatly die either. Like Corey gets real bad suffocated early but, on. But, you know? <laughs> but also how they announce his death mm. is literally like, Mom, what happened? And it's like he's dead. And that's it. Page turns. Something and it's literally like happening. the top of the page. Literally just like he's dead and they're like, oh, right, okay, cool. We're... That's that. And you think that more space is going to be given to all of the individual horrific events because the death of the father is led into so slowly and it's such an enormous situation that then all of the other horrible shit, like, you know, you have this scene where 
Kathy's like standing in the garden staring into space and like you know he's left there till 10 o'clock at night because now I remember like she's actually feeling the pain that she's going through but then when they're in the attic it's just like every day is a fucking circus who cares you know like it's rattles through you know in a different way yeah it just there's just no moments of relief no not for the not for the Dresden dolls except for that one night where they go to the lake oh yeah 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 but that's it but then she also nearly falls for her death on the way back in so yeah mm. you know every mm. night I have a moment like that I suppose don't they um, Alan do you want to read us some of that terrifying um, and hilarious review that you have brought oh, in oh okay so what, what I didn't realise so this is from a Believer article from 2009 uh, which I happen to have this is, the only, this is the first place I heard about this book was in this article so I only knew by reputation I was actually expecting it to be kind of worse than it was <laughs> I thought there was going to be a lot more incest and a lot more grandmother beatings. She no, mostly rules by fear. Yeah, yeah. And like ignoring and negligence. Demonstrative fear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like she was like, V.C. Andrews was like considered to be like a contemporary Stephen King at the time. And you can kind of... No shade on Stephen King. Right. I am... I'm, I am... I am... <laughs> Long-time listeners of Juvenile will know that I am mm. a convert, a recent convert, thank you, Lisa Cohen, to Stephen King. Um, yeah, I can see it. Mm. I can see it. I can see the parallels. You know? uh, the Washington Post in 1979 when they reviewed it called it Deranged Swill. It is both of those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's really well written, Deranged Swill. It's really well, yeah. It's like really you can well. imagine, like that, honestly, that lake scene and like anybody who's like snuck out somewhere at night mm. knows the feel of the grass because you've gotten your shoes mm. and the, the light and it's all in there, you know? Yeah. You can totally imagine it. Um, they talk a bit about um, My Sweet Audrina, which is her other fucked up book. Yeah, I was about to say, is yeah. that like, you have to know she's a good writer because like, that's even more deranged. Yeah, mm. I haven't read that one and I feel like I really want I to. I don't know. I I'm don't know down. if I have it in me. <laughs> yeah. Going back in. I kind of feel like I do at this point. I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm like, oh no, I enjoy the taste of this. This is bad. This feels bad. I like feeling bad. I think I could probably read it more before I would read the sequels because the sequels, I'm like, I've read all the Wikipedias. I know what happens. And I'm mm. like, it's too much. Like, they get rescued. At the end of the book, the children escape. The three of them, they're down a twin. And then <laughs> they're down a twin. And then in the, in the in the next book, they're rescued by this 40-year-old widower, Paul. Long story short, by the end of the book, Kathy's married him. Oh, good woman, mm-hmm. Kathy. Good choices. And then he on his but death. But also Carrie is dead. And, oh. then, and, then, and then he on his deathbed is like, you and Chris should live together. You should go and go be with your brother. You've always been in love. And so then she has two sons from two different people. One of them is the stepfather. Is Paul. Oh no, one of hers. One of the, one so of, hang on, what is that blood So she her? marries to someone else first. So Paul comes and rescues her. Uh-huh. Then she marries this other terrible person, Julian. Then she has a little baby with him. Okay. Jory. And Jory. Jory, yeah. Jory. Yeah. Then she um, <laughs> leaves him because he's terrible. Then she goes to like tell... Like the stepfather, the truth, but she also sleeps with him. And then, baby from that encounter. Yeah, and yeah. then, like, he confronts his mum, Corrine burns down the house. Excellent. Great move. Love it. Love a housework. And then, like, she goes back and she's, like, married to Paul, and then Paul on his deathbed is like, you and Chris should be together. And then they adopt a little girl as well. So she, they have three, they have three children. Yeah. Freaky kids. Wow. They don't have any more. They don't have biological children together, well, which is one shouldn't. thing. Yeah, yeah, at least at least that. You can at least credit. There's like that. a line that they're not yeah, willing yeah. to. Half uncle is such a convenient positioning for incest. They never yeah. say the word granduncle. No, their father is their granduncle, yeah, which is yeah. a weird phrase. I think as well yeah. that when I first read it, that I thought that it was like step. Mm. I was know? sitting there trying to work it. out I was like, but is he technically? <laughs> yeah. and it's only when you when I reread it and they actually 
she does literally explain detail, but the mm-hmm. detail of the relationship, and you're like, oh, okay, right, no, fully wrong, fully wrong. Uh, but like, I, I, I love him the the way they're described, especially um, when you first meet them, it's just like flaxen haired, blue eyed, the most beautiful physical specimens that you could physically look at. Everyone here is so hot that how could you sim- how could they simply have helped themselves? How could they simply have helped themselves? Because everyone in this book is so hot and white, with white hair and white eyes. Everyone in this book is so like clean Perfect. and white and go- like there's. It, it's hammered in really intensely this like Aryan bullshit, you know, um, which I, I think, you know, adds something you know to how corrupted it is. But the them looking, they, they I think she says like on the second page, my mother and father look like brother and sister. Like she tells you, <laughs> she fucking tells you up front what's going to go down, you know. But also because that is a thing in real life, you know, that like, like um, familial oh, attraction, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. like where like when you're not raised with someone and then they come, that's why all the time you hear of like people meeting their like biological parents and having relationships with no, them. No, I have not heard yes. of that. Yes, Chat yeah, Magazine yeah. has covers. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Not, I, did not, I did not think that was siblings, real. Siblings, no. people finding out that they're siblings. Crack open a take a break sometimes, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crack open a take a break. Like loads of brothers and sisters and then you find out yeah. because they've been thing and it's like a nap because it's, some type of chemical and it does happen oh, no. so like mm-hmm. that does explain like when he the father came to the house yeah. everything plus as we find out in the prequel book he's actually her half her half brother hold on because okay so who's ha- who's who's half brother hold on uh chris <laughs> chris senior is corin's actual half brother because her father raped his mother when what? she was married to Corin's uncle. This Hold is from the prequel. I, I miss yeah. this now. Yeah, yeah. So there, it's even more. So incesty. Chris is actually Corin's bro- half, half brother, brother and half uncle. And half uncle. Yeah. So therefore, he's the kids. Also, the kids half uncle and half grandma or and grand uncle. I'm sorry. Was this a VC Andrews original so or was some it like the ghost writer? Yeah. This fanfic, man. Are so, you out here on archive of our own, <laughs> being like VC <laughs> flowers in the attic. Like, what? Where are you finding this? This is so terrible. VC Andrews wrote six books. Finished six books. Right. Four flowers in the attic ones. My sweet Audrina and another one. And then the V.C. Andrews Trust was set up when she died. Oh. And another like 80 books have been published under her name since by this one guy. And there's some debate about whether this prequel is book like is... Horror. I'm was, just like, I have to write that. They say it's based on notes <laughs> that she left. Yeah, she did but there's a notes. lot of inconsistencies. It's told, It's the story of the grandmother oh. and how she grew up and their relationship. And she reached, she apparently wanted to like the kids, but she couldn't let herself like the kids. No, she hated them. She hated the kids, yeah. And there's lots of, lo- actually a load of inconsistency. So it seems like it's probably not, but he, Fucking he, squares, the in- that in- he squares that incest circle. There's an, expa- yeah. there's an expanded universe, like 2014, like um, Christopher's oh, diary. Yeah. Whose diary? Like that, like that this girl no, goes to the like wreckage of the house and like blah, blah, blah. And then like she finds like his diaries from the time and then like reads them. Like, a diary we were never told he wrote in. No. He was not mentioned as having a journal. But did he read a lot though? People yeah. are so obsessed with the book so I can understand like the mm. appetite. What is it that like, I mean, I, I completely on one hand understand the sort of ephemeral, like unnameable, like again, I guess it is horror, that feeling of like, this is this feels bad. I can't stop reading. Like I do understand that, but like this book seems to have really gotten under people's skin. It's because you're getting away with something. Because there's all this stuff in a book that's for you that's not supposed to be in a book for you. It's like looking up "fuck" when you get a dictionary in third class. Oh yeah. It's like we yeah, can yeah, yeah. We, we have a book with "fuck" in it now. There we go. You know the proof. It's real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it probably is the like 
uh, there's a proper word for it, but it's not coming to me. Um, like taboo, maybe of it that people are super. It's into. like the secrecy mm. kind yeah. of, and also because like it's so descriptive. Yeah, you don't really have to like use your do any work. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, think it does a lot of work for you, doesn't it? It's yeah. just putting yeah. everything out there. Yeah, and I love like I love reading. Love it so much. Books are great, man. Yeah. Love books. But I used to always like have books, and I still kind of do now, was I'll have like a book that I'm reading. And then I'll have like a book that I could sit down and read in two hours. Mm. And they're always that like slightly like salacious, gossipy. It's like binging. Yeah. It's like yeah. it was like pre-Netflix Netflix. Like just I used to love the charmed books, like fully weirdo. Yeah. yeah. I I got I also have never watched Charmed, and I feel like it's something that's an enormous. Oh. The flowers in the attic memory. to true crime pipeline that you mentioned. Yeah. I think that's definitely a thing. It must be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh no. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because it's just like a little bit of a creepy story, mm-hmm. and then also because I fully believed it was real. Mm-hmm. So then I feel like definitely when I reread it when I was sixteen and seventeen, then it was like straight onto the internet to be like, let's flowers. read everything around <laughs> yeah. this. Flowers in the attic. <laughs> but yeah, I think that 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 connection is real. I think. I find true crime like I was gonna say I maybe maybe I am super into it and I just didn't know I was super into it. I don't know, but like that disquieting feeling, um, there really isn't anything that can match it. And if it gets you, if it gets you young, if you there's no afraid that you can feel. I think that compares with the fear that you feel when you're like twelve and watching something you shouldn't be watching, or mm. like nine and watching something you shouldn't be watching 12 is the age it comes up again. when I mentioned on Twitter I was reading this book it's 12 12 is the age it comes up over and over again for people reading this book for the first time yeah it's like it's when I think especially in the past mm. when you'd go to the library and you kind of just be allowed to potter around and mm-hmm. yeah you have a little bit more agency in your book choice and yeah. like was young adult literature obviously and this technically is a young adult novel I suppose or that's the way that it feel. I feel that it's sort of been framed but like there weren't a whole in my world, there when I was a teenager, I didn't want to be reading books about teenagers. Do you mm. know? I wanted to be reading books that are were, you know, out of my and like you, I would have been a real fast reader. Yeah. So I wanted to read books that were for people older than me, you know. And unfortunately, I often found f- frankly terrifying things inside them. Mm. You know, that must be a pretty universal experience. Did you did you read more? Tr- like, did this open up a sort of an annal towards reading true crime when you were a teenager? Um. Yeah, I would say so. I don't know true, true crime, but I always loved dark stories. Mm. Um, and like I've read, like I read all the books about like the uh, missing triangle and everything. Mm. Like, like brought it on a, on a, now this was probably when I was like 19, 20, like brought it on a girl's trip and the girls were like, you are. I was like, guys, here's all the ways that we, had we not born, been born when we were, could have gone missing and died. <laughs> This is the, and, the, and there is only one click towards the, the kids of today being like, I nearly got trafficked. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody looked at me, I nearly got trafficked. It's not like something terrible is about to no, happen. But it's yeah. also just like, I always, I'm like, well, now if I know everything, what all the opportunities are, I'm ready to go. It's that whole thing. That it's, it's, that is why, uh, I'm going to say their names wrong, the, 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 my favorite murder girls. Yeah. yeah. That's why stay sexy, don't get murdered. Yeah like thrived thrived because surely if we know all of the ways in then we can prevent it right i think i mean i don't think kathy could have prevented a single thing that happened to her in that book but, yeah uh, i don't know if i maybe she probably shouldn't have like... her brother but like you know <laughs> Sorry, also my bedroom was the attic oh no. oh no okay and always like has been because 
my brother was a surprise after we just bought the house. And so, like, I just, like... Okay, and go. I slept under the rat, like, in an alcove, oh, in a little really bed. Not. Yeah. So, yeah, I would just be, like, reading my creepy stories in my creepy corner. That's amazing. Like, that's the vibe, isn't it? I kind of miss that feeling. Like, I love those spaces... I often like look on I haven't gone anywhere in a long time but like do a fair amount of looking at like cottages and tree houses and stuff on Airbnb and I'm just like but where's the loft but where's the cool loft right my friend Cloda uh, we go to her grandparents house in Wexford sometimes and it has this full basement that we've never been in Ooh. like it's like and it's in the middle of nowhere it's not like in like a pack of holiday homes it's like in the dunes you are far away if something bad happens we're all gone or if something bad happens in the world, that's where you go. Oh, yeah, I yeah, say yeah, it all yeah, the yeah. time. I'm always like, if I was writing a book, Clara, I would be borrowing this. Because there's no TV, there's no nothing. Oh, and I was like, when it gets late at night and you're like, there could be anything down there and we would all be dead. A whole family, man. Yeah. Like, maybe down a twin. Literally like... yesterday on Twitter, there was a story about this woman who realised there was someone living in her attic. She was in the bath and realised the attic door was open and found someone to be living up in her attic for, I can't remember how long. That they're the ones that yeah yeah and there's loads there's been a couple of them oh yeah it's a, it's a trope I've been like TikTok yeah. for a while uh, I have been off TikTok since December uh, 2020 thanks good for you um, <laughs> but there was a time before my uh, flouncing from that platform when, where all TikTok was showing me was girls being like the mirror comes off my bathroom in my rented apartment I'm going into the hall and it's like, have you watched Candyman climbed yeah. into these ad but percent fucking like go, going and looking for the bees man yeah and uh their mates are being like don't do it jennifer and she's like fuck you i'm going in what's the story you know um there's a lot of it happening a lot of like maybe more often than we think uh houses are full of weird spaces you know like that weird door tiny door like a door up to your knee in my nana's attic which was by all means a sewing room and my aunt's bedroom and absolutely gorgeous it's a really it's like a u-shape with a heavy rafter down the middle and then there's these crawl spaces behind two doors in the back if you can if you can imagine that it's a real weird shaped attic I feel like somebody's mate just went up there with some planks one day and made it moderately livable you know mm. um, but that crawl space I fucking don't know how far that went back yeah you know I'm upset I can see it and I can feel it because also like it should be mentioned that like they get into the attic through the wardrobe mm, that room should which be is there which is very yeah. like lining the witch of the wardrobe on its mm. head Oh my god, yeah, the fucking Because you're not going through to like a magical time, you're going through to like the grimness. And then it does become a bit of a world of make believe because they're like decorating for the seasons and they're like putting up their swing and they're trying to say, Oh, this is our outside. The plants and stuff from Aubrey some plants and they fucking die. Like, you know, the the, the details like that are what make it really grim and really Oh, I'm doing the wrong I'm doing the this is I, I just lent on my arm there. AS ASMR. Um <laughs> But uh, I didn't bet to do it again. Um, the dissonance, like you're saying, you're learning about the juxtapositions that you feel in it between like them playing kindergarten, you know, and trying to teach the kids how to like, you know, understand stuff because they're beginning to not grow up. Oh, and they try to teach them to read and the twins are like, no, no, no. I would like to throw myself at the door again, you know. Fucking twins. And they learn everything from TV and they take it so literally after the mum gives them a little television set for Christmas and she's like I was approaching 13 the age of acne I looked every day and it's just from like acne ads on television that they come to know like how to be Nickelodeon was full of acne ads when I was 12, 13 it was like they knew what they were doing 
they're poisonous yeah. and mis- making mm-hmm. us frightened. I believe skincare is a scam, and uh, <laughs> you can cancel me for that. Um, so it's all about Botox. They were putting us. They were putting us in early. They were trying to indoctrinate mm-hmm. us early with those terrifying ads. So yeah, you can see how that world gets really small. I was reading a article. Actually, I was reading a kind of a true crime thing this week about a girl in England whose dad ran a sort of a micro cult. And she's in her 30s and he had told the seven women that lived with him that he was God. He had sort of brought them in initially under this sort of Maoist like set of theories and um, gradually closed their world off until they just lived in this house with him. And he told them that he was God and the he got one of them pregnant and the girl who grew up was he told the other women that she was going to be God next and they um, rescued her when she was 30. He's in prison in England at the moment and one of the wives is trying to, you know, appeal for his freedom. And the interview was only two weeks ago. Um, I must look this up. It's really, I can't, I, the, the name's detail. detail I'm always like, where do they get the money? They didn't have a lot of money. You know, they showed some photographs of the Because I'd be like, God should really <laughs> be providing. Surely yeah. you have all of these things. And can I have some, no, it was total, uh, not, it was quite sad on the inside of the house, like real, and it looked really oddly dated, you know, on her room and she's 30, it was like a child's room, do you know? And uh, she doesn't really do interviews to press, she gave a small chat, um, I think it was The Guardian and the, in, like a couple of, I think they're doing something on television about it. But um, they characterised her, I think, quite fairly, because I don't think she should have to talk to the press at all, aside from like, you know, the sort of the weird awareness, I guess, that you can mm. bring that like, you're not going to meet the, God. You're not going to meet God. Your, your father's not God. And also that like, you don't know what's happening in the house next door. That's the other challenge yeah. is that you don't know what's happening in the house next door. And one of the neighbours down the street said, commented that he knew that the women in the house were a bit odd and they didn't come out. And he said that once he had seen a child holding up a piece of paper to the window that said help. And he was just like, kids. Yeah. Like that like was this day and that age. was chilling, like you know. But she wasn't a child; she was in her twenties. Do you know? Yeah, I she, think about that often with this book as well. As like, if they were to talk to like at that party to be like, "Please help us." Oh yeah, like what would have happened in the second book after Kathy sleeps with Bart, and she tell and Bart realizes what's happened. He's like, he just pieces out of the family's heart. He's like, "What the fuck is this no, family?" So no. it's like, no, this is a, a uniquely fucked up situation within the within the universe of the novel. They are a fucked up situation. This isn't like how society is in V.C. Andrews' world. It's like, this is how this one family is. Yeah. So they could they could have, if they just told to tell someone, they probably would have gotten away with it. But, but, but yeah. like, I feel like in a very early episode, Juvenile, we were like, Beauty and the Beast, you know? Mm. And like, I think it's one of those things that comes up a lot uh, in pop culture about people falling in love with their captors. Do you know what I mean? Mm. People can't leave, even when the, it's, we were just talking about, uh, like, the, the body keeps the score and like, if you open the door, the dogs won't leave. Do you know? Yeah. So like, it's not really until they go to the, do you know mm. what I mean? Like they have to be ready to leave. They have to be ready to go, even though they know how fucked it is. I don't know. I can't really pathologize it too heavily because it truly is just drama and gothic and nonsense. But like, it also is a thing, I guess, that happens in the world. Yeah. You know? And I think that when it was written, it was like the worst case scenario, mm. not like actually a news trope that we have seen or the news yeah the news would yeah have, these would these things would have happened in communities and we wouldn't have seen them in the light of day as frequently as we do now but the news cycle is so detail-oriented and hungry at this point not detail-oriented I mean, that's the wrong way of putting it but like there's so many there's such a vast body of stories that we see that i guess we're more likely to, and true crime is yeah. something that people have an appetite for 
that we're more likely to hear about it and to read those kind of stories and to find like I was really surprised at myself for reading and I was like I know this is gonna but but should I be because this is gonna make me feel bad I'm gonna read it you know which is I guess the same impulse that like pulled me through Flowers in the Attic one of the things this Believer article mentions actually is that the book came out in 1979 which is just the tail end of the peak of like American serial killers Mm. where there's just missing women and dead women like in the news every single week and here we have a girl who is furious about it and we'll stop at nothing to get revenge on the people who are doing bad things to her. Yeah. So it must have tapped into that a bit as well. Which again is part of the true crime. Figuring out what's to do so it doesn't happen to you. It's like another Kathy is how fucking fuming. Yeah, yeah. She is going to level the ground that mm. she came from. And all the women are the like. The actors. Like. Mm. To a degree Chris is kind of just like. He's quite passive. He's just kind of there. I'm going to be a doctor. It's fine. Mm. It's all good. Where like. That is actually. That's like I, I will be fine. You yeah. know? You'll be fine up there. Yeah, You'll be all good. I have a career path that will be grand. Got yeah. some colouring in, you yeah. know. And the grandma even says it, like, your your grandfather has, you know, he ordered these whips, but I'm the one who's applied them. That is really interesting. It's a really compelling... You're fucking dead, right? All the women are the actors. Yeah, the men are sort of just moved around the story. They're just dead. Yeah. Or, like, a plot device. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. They are. Like, they're just moved around, whereas the women are enacting the fucking... Like the violence and the horror and the cycles is all being led by the women. Um, the granddad as a figure is fascinating as well. This sort of bottomless wealth, and he's like portrayed as hooked up to machines that keep him alive. And he built the church so he could go to the church to worship specifically. Like, but he's shrouded, you know. Like he's passive, but also deeply impassive. Um, that is a really interesting point because it's. I feel like the story would be totally different. Maybe that's why it it's a di- it's a different story, or maybe that that's why it sticks in people, because the men aren't the actors. Yeah, mm. it's about women being cruel to women. It's not actually the serial killer story mm. of a man doing terrible things directly to a woman again and again and getting away with it. It's women with within an ecosystem enacting horrendous. Um, and, and just bad mothers as well bad like the worst mothers. thing you can be in society is a bad mother and like she's literally like oh I had fun playing house when I had my husband but like Peace. now it's actually back to me and my rich fancy life I like stuff and she says that as well yeah. I like stuff I like nice things me and Chris had that in common we like nice shit so um, yeah like that she is the sort of inverted mother like she starts off as being really touchy-feely and really kind and really beautiful and she sort of just turns but she enjoys them as a fan club Mm, an audience like when they start to push back and she's like oh you're horrible and caring children and she just wants a fan club she just wants love and attention and oh thank you for the gifts and then she puts them away I mean and she's also then the one who poisons them so yeah it really goes to a new level and throws Corey's body in a ravine oh god yeah yeah which is so far from her like pregnant in the beginning and sort of mm. like fertile and young like there, there's such yeah. a her fall from grace or fall from whatever it is in the beginning is kind of brilliant narratively it's huge it is a really well written book shit maybe I really like this it is, book yeah, it, is, yeah. it is deranged will but it is it's completely good. vivid and well written there's a reason that it sticks with people yeah. you know okay so a lot of people were very interested in this episode and the idea of us doing this episode is there anything we haven't covered that people would be like I can't believe you didn't talk about this yeah what do we you should mean, about Amelia? Chris and Kathy more I guess their actual yeah. relationship oh, but we're kind of dancing around we're it. dancing around it but I think we do need oh, to get into it I think it's, it's interesting because there's like such a good 
kind of like arc with it. They're like at the start and they're getting ready and he comments on her appearance and she says, is that the best I can do? And he says, the best I can for a sister. And then by the end, they're lovers. <laughs> I think I yeah. think something that was interesting was that the grandmother just fucking puts it in the room. Yeah. That I yeah. think it's dead. It's, it's, there's, there's something as well about like, she talks about how locked, like the mum, Corinne, talks about how locked away they were and how the parents were such religious fanatics and they didn't want them to interact with anyone. So then obviously she's going to fall in love with the first man who walks mm. through the door. Doesn't matter whether he's her And then it's the same with the children. She's like, from the start, she's obsessed that it's going to happen again. But then you lock two teenagers, teenagers yeah. coming, like, have no reference point. And Amelia's such beautiful teenagers. Beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful blonde-haired, blue-eyed teenagers. And Objectively she, perfect. And then she proves herself right because then she catches... Kathy has not seen herself naked. Yeah. And then she catches Chris and Chris is just kind of staring at her and she's like, Chris, go away. And then he doesn't. And then yeah. the grandma comes in and then it just pours, forces them together and they have a hug when she's naked and she talks about how tender it was. Yeah. And then from there, just like... But it even... But I think it even builds earlier that like they're dancing together. Yeah. Like there are these... And this is, this is fucking great storytelling. Uh, it's it might just be a single line that she drops with him looking at her for too long. Yeah. Or like him kind of getting a look over his face. Like it's 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 not quite a slow burn, but it's built in, you know. And, and also because they're playing house. Like that's mm. when they start, they're like playing a game, and then by the end, she's like, "We are not playing the game. We were a mother and father." Oh, gross. Yeah. yeah. If you didn't know you're reading the incest book going in, you might look over a lot of it. Yeah. Until it gets it to the incest. It does kind of creep up on yeah, you a little yeah. bit. And the grandmother, full on as part of her like religious tirades, is just like. No fucking using the bathroom at the same time. No bathing together. Don't be acknowledging your body or God's going to fucking kill you. Like, it's quite frankly all the Catholic shit that we were sort of brought up with quite softly. I'm like, oh, I remember this song. You know, <laughs> I know this one. But nobody had ever said it quite. Well, maybe they did. I just haven't heard it in a long time. That kind mm. of really, really hardcore um, anti-body stuff. And that puts it in Kathy's head almost immediately where she saw it sort of confused. She's like, yeah, but why wouldn't, why can't he talk and to she, her? And they that? always refer to her body she was as neat, neat and tidy. Mm. Neat. Neat and tidy. Gross. And I like my body neat and tidy. Gross. Gross. And then so like she starts to get like hair under her arms and she's plucking them out and he's like, no, it's sexy. Uh, yeah. And they use the word sexy. So often. Is used all the time and it just really sends a shiver through my spine I as someone who has written for young adults and has uh, like I love my editor she's fantastic Martha she uh, for my first two books she made me stand behind every sentence and maybe made everyone in my last novel smoked until the final draft or she was like Sarah you simply cannot have <laughs> six people in this novel smoking and I'm just like I grew up in I grew up in Dublin man everyone did um, and I think about how often the word sexy is used in this book and I'm just like didn't Maybe drop her it editor once. told her to go further. No, her, her first draft wasn't as extreme as that, and she pushed further. The editor was like, "You need to go wild." Oh yeah, my yeah. God. Like I, so. I would have. I if I were her, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I maybe would have used it once. I maybe would have just said sexy once instead of like every fucking three pages. But maybe that's how, it, maybe yeah. that's why it works. It's part of because the architecture. Because it puts it in around. And also like when they sneak off to the lake, it's like a date. Yeah. Mm. It is like not, they're it sneaking is not, off and then she's it. like admiring his body across the moonlight. And then like he pulls in and they're like splashing around. Yeah. And you're just like, oh Lord. She has built this world where it's, at, she builds it in so cleverly that the wrong is 
is outshone out by just how lonely they are. For it's like, other. what do you expect them to do? It's like, oh, oh, what else? <laughs> they are, they sure are in the attic. You know, like, it's, I don't know, man. This is this is part of the power of this novel where you're suddenly remarkably on the side of the story. Uh, I don't know how or why, mm-hmm. but you're kind of rooting for them. You want them to be okay. But they're not. They're fucking not. <laughs> yeah. And for many books thereafter, not only are they not okay, but everything they touch in and afterwards uh, turns to uh, further incest. And it's so unromantic. Like, even how, like, like it is essentially a rape scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah And yeah. she's like... Yeah. Oh, you didn't oh, rape me. Work. I yeah, could yeah, have yeah. stopped you if you wanted to. And it's like, mm, mm. lots of books feel like that on rereading as well. Like yeah. I, I reread the Snapper recently, and like Snapper feels differently when you're like, oh, Georgia Bridges raped her, like mm. fully. Like that whole joke, that whole hilarious story about the fucking car park at the Sheeling Hotel. No, he absolutely raped her, and she does at one point. Sharon thinks of it. She's lying in bed. And she's just like, I suppose, I don't know, did he rape me? I didn't say no. Like, it's that thing yeah. again of like, you can't go back to that story in the same way where you're like, oh, I suppose that is what that is about. So I guess in 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 making that interaction that they have towards the end, like that actually stating it. And it's women doing the work again and being like, don't worry, it's mm. all fine. It's fine. I don't, I'm not traumatized. It's very like it's how like fine. in Disney movies, um, the mums are always dead. Yep. Mm. Remove them. The men are the just dying. Yeah, it's inverted. Yeah. yeah, 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 fully inverted. The instead of rem, like in all the Disney stories, it's it's patriarchy all the way. It's King Triton all the way down. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy old Maurice. You know, and um, there's always a father somewhere knocking around, falling off the side of a cliff to be stampled to death by various four-legged uh, African continent beasts, or um, being committed for being an inventor. Like the dads are a huge part of those stories. What happens to Chris Senior in this book happens to the mother in so many children's books. Almost all of them. So it's a true uh, on the head kind of thing. Yeah, man. Poor Cathy. Like, she didn't have a chance at all. God love her. See, there we go. I feel like I feel, like I feel different about this every few minutes. Do you know? <laughs> I'm working it out. I'm like, oh, I understand why it happened, but also, like, it's the follow-up books. And I'm like, really and truly, you, mm-hmm. you could have, like had a lot of therapy and put this horrific time behind you you did not have to marry each other no no live as man and wife like <laughs> unless someone who has a brother it's incredibly um, unsettling yeah I've only got a sister so I can't yeah I only have brothers yeah, so yeah, I can't yeah, relate yeah. yeah no no that's yeah. that's a world that I simply do not understand uh, I don't know man it's a really brilliant complicated so the more that I think oh, about the fact that I have a brother, the more oh, I yeah. actually feel <laughs> physically, <laughs> physically like unwell. Yeah. Yeah. So it is actually yeah. terrible. Yeah. yeah. It is. Because We're oscillating here, man. <laughs> it's just like, oh, but they had such a nice time at the lake. But no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's that's it. It's that juxtaposition. It's that conflict that I think makes everyone I, obsessed. You with lose it. realistic context. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it puts you under a spell, man. And like, I feel like this isn't a haunted house story, but it also is. Like, there is spell casting in this book. The grandmother walks into the room and she fucking says the words which foretell the future. Don't look at each other's bodies. Like, she she spell casts it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the magical fairy tale is whipped out from under them by a tragic accident. They literally walk through the forest at night mm-hmm. to get to the fucking uh, fox glove. Fox. What's the name? Fox. Hot fox. 
Because I know Dollinger is their real name. Their, or their, their name Fox. in the beginning. Yeah, and then it's like Fox for Pipes. What, what is oh, I didn't realize I read the Wikipedia page. Dollinger is a play on Doppelganger. Because they're all oh talking to each other. Yeah. No, but there's Ugh. even this bit here where I forgot about it when she's like, the mother is describing her falling in love. And then she says, like, fairy tales can come true. There you mm. go. There you go. The, the fairy tale <laughs> of marrying your brother. I mean, true love. Foxworth. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to Foxworth. They walk through a woods. They literally leave the bright world and enter the dark world. Like, it, it is um, it is a, a story about magic, but it's the worst kind of magic. People do speak things into reality. When the grandmother puts the tar in her hair, Kathy is having nightmares about gingerbread houses and going inside yeah. and then wakes up and the grandmother's destroyed her. And the ha- and hair is such currency in fairy tales, you know? Yeah. Like, mm. it's it's a huge currency, even beyond Rapunzel. Like She even mentions Rapunzel and, like, people, like girls often are in towers and fairy tales and using hair. their hair, yeah. And, and in, like, their hair and how they look is so valued and they're, this whole, this doll thing, you know? So, I don't know. I think that conjuring in all of those symbols and archetypes into the story also confuse the fact that you really shouldn't be rooting for anybody in this situation you should be nobody's a winner nobody everyone Mm. including you the reader you know (laughs) and i think like when you get to the end of it as well that's what's so interesting about then reading like hearing about the follow-ups is when you get to the end like you still do have a bit of hope Mm. because you're like okay well they're escaped now but but we're not we're we're trapped (laughs) we're here yeah and then you quickly turn to Google and you're like, oh no, it's not all over. It actually gets worse. Oh, and one of the brothers comes back from the dead. Oh no, oh, hang yes. on, which one? The one Sorry. who, ha- in a skiing accident. Oh, it's like, oh, he actually went to a monastery. And then he comes back and for some reason is willing to work in his like grand nephew as his head butler because mm. one of the sons, Barsh Jr., becomes obsessed with like the riches of his grandfather and becomes obsessed with his story and then like builds an identical home and that's where I think like the third or fourth book really yeah. like it's kind of baller. but the brother's also a religious psycho yeah Aww. so yeah yeah like the the wealth thing I think is underscores all of this really isn't it and that's a fairy tale thing as well of this idea of like how much do these riches cost you like what are you willing to do for wealth what are you like the, there is a maybe and maybe that's a religious undertone as well about the value that you put on the object because the know? kids don't actually want for anything in the attic except for freedom. They have yeah, they have all the inside. clothes, all the toys, all the food. They're, they have everything. Like they brought a bunch of stuff, mm. you know, and then they have all the weird old stuff. That was something I was I, as I got kind of into this, where I was like, but she's bringing them stuff. This sounds like this sounds like March twenty twenty to fucking yeah like, yeah okay like, oh yeah there was a bit, there's a bit where she describes the first year of it turning from summer into fall and I was like oh that's that's now that's what we're all doing oh in that our is houses. right now yeah, yeah yeah well we're now we're here but like last year yeah that was everybody's experiences spending all your time with the same few people standing at the window <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> being like okay we're gonna see sunlight in today we're gonna see sunlight in it's mm-hmm. fine it's fine getting real into arts and crafts yeah <laughs> oh my god it's just a pandemic novel yeah yeah it is it is maybe the pandemic novel i think you know like if you haven't if you have not read it don't but if you're thinking of rereading it this is the time to do it right but yeah but they don't want for anything i mean other than when food is withheld mm. yeah and also lack of education and like places to run around yeah and, well, and also because they can't go into the attic for large chunks of time in the winter 
Mm. I feel like that, and then there isn't like a lot on that. It's like oh, it was too cold to go there, so we sat around the room. And I was like that. That'd be tough. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, especially when you've gone through all the books. You know. Yeah. Just kind of like I guess we're just vibing. You know. <laughs> well, what else is there to do then? <laughs> you know, it only get worse and worse and worse. I don't know, man. All right. Bad time had by all. Yeah. Uh, is that it? I think yeah. we've I think we so. walked through we walked in the shadow of the I think we've done it we've done it justice I think. Yeah, if you're yeah. going to read this don't yeah just don't man <laughs> I mean maybe watch a lifetime series probably be a bit like sanitized yeah though yeah. I read I read the um Wikipedia of that and they still do have sex so uh, we see that's can't a- take out those core <laughs> elements I'll yeah. tell you what it is mm-hmm. it's not the story like so many things it's the vibe yeah the mood of it is what's bad so uh i am i i'm worse off i think but i'm also like i love to i also love to be challenged and i love to feel bad so you know it's a piece of gothic history um yeah maybe don't read it i don't know yeah. i don't know where to, where, i don't know where to send people no let's send amelia where can people find you yeah, online where can we find you? yeah <laughs> uh, you can find me everywhere at amelia amy jane and i will have a new episode of all things considered out in september Excellent. What awesome. are some of your last episodes about? So we have done one on nutrition and influence, basically mm. like why you shouldn't read what you believe, believe what you read. Um, a gorgeous episode about the sea and the science of why we enjoy it so much. Um, I did a gorgeous episode on summer nostalgia that Alan features in. Yeah. Delighted to be asked. Um, and what else? I mi- am I missing one? I'm missing a couple. Fandom. Oh yeah, and I did a fandom one which was absolutely gas and I talked to some really hilarious people who really love things. Excellent. Really specific things. Ah, uh, can relate, man. Love those people. Those, those are my people. So, you know, they're the best ones. Sarah, where can we find you? Uh, I'm not currently in my house, so I can't sadly say <laughs> in my house, Alan. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Griffsky. You can find me on Instagram at Sarah Griffsky. My books are in all good bookshops. They don't really... They do involve spooky houses, but no incest... And twins, but there's no incest um, at all. Uh, and if you like zines, I run a zine club on Patreon, which is zine club forward... Or forward, Patreon forward slash zine club, which is a miracle of the internet that you get a whole URL to yourself. Um, Alan, where can we find you? I am Alan underscore McGuire everywhere. Juvenalia is juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter and juvenalia pod on Instagram. We have a Patreon as well, mm. where we do episodes every two weeks where we talk about what we started and finished. The last one, I got so drunk that I went upstairs <laughs> afterwards to play a video game and passed out. So if you would <laughs> like to catch a good vibe, you should, for a fiver, you know, I feel like you're getting your money's worth. And you get a badge and a sticker. And which, you do get a badge and a sticker, which mm-hmm. are really cute, and they're designed by Dee McDonald. Yeah, and to us did our artwork. Thank you, Dee, for that. Thank you, Dee. And we're at All Tales Podcast. Thank you to Fergal. Thanks, for producing the episode. Woo! Yeah. And that's it. Thank you so much to Amelia. And uh, apologies in advance to anybody who reads the book based on this episode. Okay, bye everybody. Bye!